You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Some anxious moments tonight for a BC family heading to Peru, hoping to find their grandchildren, their daughter believed to be dead, and they've lost contact with her children. It's believed she was murdered by her partner, who has since disappeared after being released from custody. Romina Dea has more on the family's mission to find answers and hopefully bring those grandkids back home. Kathy and Al Kasatskin packing for Peru. Canadian flags for the kids. Their hope to see their grandkids. There's been no contact in four months. It's the children. If he's taken them, it breaks a big bond. You want to see your grandkids? Well, yes. We're, we're concerned for him. We don't want them to be with him. An arrest warrant has now been issued for the children's father, Christopher Franz Batachi, who's facing a charge of femicide, the killing of a woman. The victim, Batachi's partner, Kimberly Kasatkin. A court order has been issued for Batachi's return to prison. A different judge in another jurisdiction released him in June on insufficient grounds for detention. The victim's lawyer says if they don't find him, the burden falls on the judge for releasing him. He grabbed the back of my hair, handfuls of hair, look, coming out. Just show that in the sink. Kimberly's been missing since November 2016, despite evidence including a video reportedly showing Batachi dragging a body in a bag. He denies it, claiming it was camping gear. Has your daughter's body ever been found? No, no. and I don't think it will be. Information has surfaced suggesting Batachi may be in Germany. Even if he is not found, his trial is expected to take place in his absence. The prosecutor is seeking a 17-year sentence. I want him in court, and we will abide by whatever decision the court makes. But I think Kim deserves to have her day in court. It's unclear what has happened to the victim's children. Batachi's custody rights have temporarily been revoked. Kimberly's parents have launched legal action in Peru for custody. It doesn't become a question of the parent parental rights now. Uh, it, it's a question of what's best for the children. We just love them so much. We're not complete without them. Romina Dea, Global News. The remains of a missing Vancouver Island man have been found. Ben Kilmer went missing under mysterious circumstances last May. His work van was found abandoned with the engine still running west of Duncan. Police found a small amount of blood and his personal items inside. RCMP say a hiker found Kilmer's remains last Wednesday in a remote area near the Chimanus River while outside or well outside the original search area. In a statement today, Kilmer's family is thanking all of those who rallied around them and helped in the search. His death is not considered suspicious, and a private memorial is being planned. More tonight in the saga involving a North Vancouver woman operating an illegal hostel out of her townhouse unit. Her strata took her to court and won a cease and desist order, but that didn't stop Emily Yu. And today the strata was back in court, hoping a judge would find her in contempt. John Hua has more on where the decision landed. Well, that's right. This is just another chapter in the long legal battle involving Emily Yu and her Strata Corporation over the use of her North Vancouver townhome as a 15-bed hostel. Now, this time in B.C. Supreme Court, Justice Davies found her in contempt of court beyond a reasonable doubt. And he said his ruling was made in part by Emily Yu's own admissions. 
Now, in September of 2017, you was told by a civil resolution tribunal ruling that she would have to stop immediately using her townhome for short-term accommodations, and that judgment was upheld at the B.C. Supreme Court when she tried to appeal. Now, in terms of his judgment, Justice Davies said that Emily Yu would have to pay $4,000 more in strata bylaw fines. He would, she would also have to cover all of the costs of the strata corporation for bringing forward this contempt of court submission that is pending a registered assessment, but that could be upwards of another $15,000. Now, when it comes to the contempt punishment, this is where it gets very interesting. Justice Davies asked Emily Yu straightforward if she was going to stop renting her home for short-term accommodations or rentals for any other form for that matter, and she agreed to do so. Justice Davies then said, well, actions speak louder than words. He has given her four months to prove that she will do so, and then he will render his judgment then. Well, I think uh, the judge wanted to ensure that Miss Yu understood that uh, the court's going to be watching her over the next four months. And if Miss Yu complies with the court's order, then I expect the judge will take that into account. However, if she doesn't comply with the court's order, then as the judge said today in court, um, he'll decide what the appropriate sentence will be. I'm not totally confident because she also stated that at the Civil Resolution Tribunal. That was part of that, that she would comply with their decision and she didn't. Now, the Strata's legal counsel says at any time, if it finds that Emily Yu is disobeying these court orders once again, it can actually go back to the B.C. Supreme Court much earlier and try to push for stronger penalties. And that's actually something that was also said by Justice Davies as well, asking Emily Yu to take these new court orders extremely seriously, because if he finds that she is once again in contempt, he can give her much more than just a fine. Sophie? John Hua reporting. John, thank you. A major hazmat incident has shut down part of Langley, an ammonia leak prompting the closure of a number of businesses and detours for drivers. Our Grace Key is in the Gloucester Park area where it happened. And Grace, you've been talking to evacuees and officials on the scene there. What's the latest? Well, about 11 hours after this incident was first called in, this area is still not considered safe. Now, we're just on the corner of 272nd and 60, uh, 56th Avenue. You can see behind me here, police are still preventing people from coming in to this industrial park. An early morning hazmat scare in the township of Langley forces about 150 workers to evacuate their businesses. The call came in shortly before 7 in the morning in the Gloucester industrial area. A freeze-dried dog food manufacturing company reported an ammonia leak from their refrigeration system. Yeah, you won't be able to get through there. You okay. can try to go all the way around. you know the address? It's a busy industrial park. Police cordoned off several streets, making sure people weren't going into the affected area while workers were trying to contain the leak. We're trying to go to a construction project we've got at the corner of 275th and 48th there. So just following up, do you, do you guys know what's happened? At Inland Kenworth, workers were sent home as a precaution after employers were told they may need to evacuate at a moment's notice. We're not going to take any chances. Right? We have too many people on staff and I'm not going to be chasing and looking at every single corner if all of a sudden everybody's got to get out now. So we'll see how it plays out and we'll wait in the morning and check in then. A malfunction in the refrigeration system caused the leak. It's been contained and a controlled release has been initiated while contractors work on fixing the problem. That's how they're controlling the leak. They're using uh, pressurized vessels and vacuum pumps and their concern is if the vacuum pumps fail 
then the leak will intensify. So there's no indication that that's going to happen, but if that does happen, it will cause a bigger problem, and that's why we're going to stay on scene until the situation's resolved. So luckily, no one was injured, but earlier this morning, firefighters did tell us that it could take up to 40 hours for the contractors to make the repairs and make sure this area is safe again. Chris? Grace Key and Langley for us tonight. Thanks, Grace. A freak accident involving a crane left a pedestrian with injuries today. It happened along 128th Street and 97A Avenue just before noon. The crane caught a tree branch, ripping the tree in half and raining debris down onto the sidewalk and road. A woman who was on the sidewalk at the time was hit. The driver of the crane stopped immediately and along with several road construction workers tended to the victim until paramedics arrived. Thankfully, it's believed she suffered only minor injuries. A new bus service is gearing up to take over some of the routes. Greyhound is shutting down in Western Canada at the end of this month. Sarah McDonald has more on the Rider Express and the service they expect it delivers. Sarah. Well, Chris, let's start with that service that will be ending as of next week. Those Greyhound buses that we typically see coming in and out of this station in downtown Vancouver will no longer be operating by the end of the month. And that has paved the way for this new private company to step in and try to fill the void. That is Alberta-based Rider Express announcing today it will be taking over some of those routes that will no longer be serviced by Greyhound in Western Canada by the end of the month, including that popular Vancouver to Calgary line with twice daily routes in each direction. The company only has a fleet of six operational buses at this point and it's looking for government help when it comes to locking down locations for terminals. But that Vancouver to Calgary line will still go a long way in servicing several communities in B.C., making stops in cities and towns, including Langley, Merritt, Salmon Arm and Golden on the way to and from Alberta. As we can see, is, uh, these big buildings in here is uh, hard to operate. As you know, it, there is lots of expense for those kind of uh, bus depots. And uh, we will cut these kind of buildings, we will go smaller. And also we are uh, looking help from the government. Yeah, that is good news. As long as the rates are the same, like it's not more expensive. Canada is such a huge country, like otherwise you just have to fly and it's really expensive. So yeah, for like a travel budget like me, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. And Sarah, there are several routes uh, that Greyhound cancelled within B.C. Who's stepping in to fill that service? Well, Chris, that is the big question, and there is still a void, certainly, that will be left by Greyhound. The province says it is working on fixing that. It is asking for other private companies like Rider Express to step up in the meantime. Now, as for that other big question about pricing, Rider Express says its rates will remain much the same as Greyhound's. But, Chris, it is also promising its travel time from Vancouver to Calgary will be faster than its predecessors. That'll be a relief for customers. All right. Thanks very much, Sarah. Well, there will soon be a provincial by-election in Nanaimo to replace Leonard Krogh, the current MLA who won the city's mayoral race over the weekend. The NDP unveiling its star candidate today. Keith Baldry has more on who she is and how winning the riding will be key to the NDP holding on to power. The by-election hasn't been called just yet, but the NDP has found its star candidate in Nanaimo, none other than the local member of parliament. I've won five general elections. I have my eyes wide open about the peculiarities of a, of a by-election campaign, and I will be 
uh, continuing as I have over my 15 years of elected office, I will be drawing immeasurably on the wisdom that arises from people that live here on the coast. Malcolmson will be running to replace longtime MLA Leonard Krogh, who is the new mayor of Nanaimo. The riding is critically important to the ruling NDP, as losing it to the B.C. Liberals would mean the party would no longer have a clear majority in the legislature. Uh, I wanted to make sure that what we've got going uh, as a government, which uh, Sheila articulated and Leonard knows full well, can continue. The B.C. Green Party, which is keeping the NDP in power, will nevertheless field a candidate against the government. Not at all. We're not running against the government. We're running for the B.C. Greens. We are running, you know, if the Naima voters choose another Green MLA, well, we're not going to go anywhere from our position where we are at now. As for the B.C. Liberals, Perennial also rans in this riding. They intend to seize upon some issues that will come into focus early in the new year, which is when the by-election is expected to be held. We've talked to half a dozen people. There's a lot of interest. People are sorting out their affairs because this is coming faster than expected. And we expect to have a very strong candidate there in the near future. The NDP has lost this riding just once in the last 12 general elections. But this will be a by-election, which usually spells trouble for a sitting B.C. government. All right. Keith joins us now with more on this. How strong is the NDP's hold on that riding, Keith? A couple of ways to look at this. Uh, ranked against all the other ridings the NDP holds, and Nanaimo ranks well down on the list, about 30th in terms of strength out of the 41 seats they have. But another way to look at it is to look at Leonard Krogh's margin of victory the last four elections, and they are impressive numbers, and this should give Sheila uh, Malkin some, some confidence. So Horgan, looking at uh, beating his opponent from year to year in 2017, right back to 2005, by roughly an average of 3,361 votes each election. He usually finishes about 10 points ahead of his nearest rival. Now, as, you, as I mentioned in the story, uh, Sophie, uh, sitting governments generally don't fare well in by-elections because there's really nothing at stake. The government doesn't change. It's a big difference in this one, and I think that's the message Horgan and his, his uh, caucus members are going to be taking in IMO. Don't change your MLA because it could mean the defeat of the government down the road. But it's going to yeah. be a fascinating race to watch. One by-election where there's a lot at stake. All right. Exactly. Thanks, Keith. Never a dull moment, as they say. Okay. Today is day three of Variety Week right here on Global BC. As you may notice at the bottom of your screen, some incredible donations still coming in. And with your support, Variety can help kids with special needs right across the province, letting them just be kids. Tonight, Will Webster and the R. Howard Webster Foundation is generously matching your donations during the news hour. So all you have to do is call 310KIDS or go online to variety.bc.ca to make a donation. You can also make an automatic $20 donation just by texting 45678 and texting the word KIDS to that number. Right now, though, the Bank of Canada announcing today it's raising its key interest rate to 1.75%. That's the fifth increase to the benchmark rate since last summer. Nitu Garcha has more on the impact of the hike and what experts are saying when it comes to your options. Vancouver's housing bubble that's been ballooning for years is where Liz Knight invested nearly three decades ago. She's not worried about the latest interest rate hike on her mortgages, but what she is concerned about... What it's going to do is make home ownership even more unaffordable for my daughter and my son-in-law. And the Bank of Canada's hike of a quarter of a percentage point bumping the key rate to 1.75% isn't welcome news for some of the Metro Vancouver residents we talked to shortly after the announcement. I work in uh, construction so it'll affect the uh, building industry. People, it goes variable and the interest rates goes up and up. They stand to lose their houses. 
because of the house prices in Vancouver, everybody's maxed out. So if it goes up, a lot of people are going to be in trouble. It's the fifth hike since mid-2017 and comes after Canada signed the new NAFTA deal with the U.S. and Mexico. The USMCA is good news because it will reduce an important source of uncertainty that had been holding back business investment. Financial experts are cautioning homeowners who have variable rates. More hikes are on the way with one possibly coming as early as December and the Bank of Canada may not stop until the key rate hits close to 3%. Debt to income is at 170% right now. Canadians are just carrying far too much debt. So my recommendation would be to review the debt levels you're carrying and really start to look at whether fixed mortgage rate makes sense for you. All this comes as many are already cash strapped. A recent survey by MNP suggests a third of Canadians are worried higher rates could push them towards bankruptcy. It was millennials who were most likely to say they fear not being able to make debt payments and are already feeling the pinch of higher borrowing costs. A quarter of a percentage point isn't going to bankrupt me. And then there's those like Knight, with money on the mind for those new to the market, like her daughter, especially with economists expecting up to four more rate hikes in 2019. Neetu Garcha, Global News, Vancouver. Parents have described a critical shortage of educational assistance for their special needs students in our school system. And tonight, a better understanding of why there's a shortage. Critics point out low wages make it hard to recruit and keep good talent. But as Catherine Urquhart reports, the province is looking at some creative solutions. Shona Kelly takes a quick break at the park before going to her second job of the day. The extra gig necessary because her position as an education assistant doesn't pay a living wage. How much do you estimate that you make annually? Anywhere from thirty to thirty-two thousand a year. Not a lot. No. A tentative three-year agreement is set to give EAs increases of just two, two, and two. This as school districts struggle to hire and retain them. I've definitely seen the uh, system deteriorate and um, just not have enough people in the classrooms to deal with the, um, with the workload. Parents agree. The system doesn't work and we need to look at real solutions and try to help all the children get a proper education. BC's education minister says additional EAs have been hired, but more could be done. One possibility, alternative forms of compensation. Is there any thought of sort of supplementing their income with housing allowances or other types of compensation? In terms of standards and, 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 and looking at additional education incentives, uh, our government's open to those kinds of ideas. We have had some uh, positive, productive discussions with the, the union that represents most education assistants. What do you think of the idea of a housing allowance for EAs? I think that would be a great idea and that would standardize us with the teachers as well. BC's education assistants and parents anxious for any improvements that help BC's most vulnerable children. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Now, a huge donation today to the BC Cancer Agency that will fund research into a promising new treatment. The gift of more than $18 million will transform the agency's research capabilities. But as Linda Aylesworth reports, we'll probably never know who donated it. The majority of early cancers can be effectively treated with surgery. Not true once the disease has spread or metastasized. Once it spreads elsewhere, it cannot be treated locally. You cannot use surgery to cure a cancer that has spread. You cannot use radiation therapy. So you really need to treat um, the whole body. 
That means killing healthy cells as well as cancerous ones. And so the strength or toxicity of treatment is often too weak to deliver a cure. That's when he said, look, you've got not very many good options left, and really you're looking at maybe six months survival. When Ray Band was delivered the grim news about his metastatic prostate cancer, he decided to travel to Germany to try an experimental therapy. The name is radioligand therapy. So that means you have a radioactive isotope, you attach it to carrier molecule, kind of a drug, but the drug selectively homes in on cancer cells. For several years now, the BC Cancer Agency has been studying this form of radiation therapy, delivered by a simple infusion and capable of delivering a knockout punch to cancer cells and cancer cells alone. But its researchers have been held back by lack of funding until today. An extraordinarily generous, anonymous donor has committed $18.346 million to BC Cancer. This money will, will allow us to take things from the lab bench to the bedside of patients and really take things into the clinic and scale up our research efforts. Which means metastatic prostate cancer patients in BC will no longer have to leave the country to get the experimental treatment. But when? We're working as hard as we can to get it as early as possible in the next next year. Months after Ray's radioligation therapy, his prostate cancer is retreating. In time, the cancer agency hopes to develop carrier molecules that will deliver up to 6,000 times more radiation than is possible with traditional methods to other forms of cancer as well. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. They just said we're asking everyone to evacuate the building. Uh, they started with CNN apparently, and then they moved down the as they moved down the tower. Hundreds of people evacuated from the Time Warner building in New York after a package that looks like a pipe bomb was delivered to CNN's New York bureau. A number of other explosive devices were also sent to high-profile Democrats today, including Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. The threats come just two weeks before the critical midterm elections, targeting people who have often been disparaged by Donald Trump. A manhunt is on for the person or people who sent packages containing potential explosives to prominent Democrats and CNN's New York headquarters. It's believed from a preliminary review that they are explosive in nature. The first package containing a pipe bomb-like device similar to this was found Monday at the New York home of billionaire Democratic donor George Soros. Another was sent to former Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. It is a troubling time, isn't it? Packages were also sent to former President Obama, former CIA Director John Brennan at CNN, and Congresswoman Maxine Waters. NBC reports several had the return address of former Democratic Party Chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz, whose Florida office received a device addressed to former Attorney General Eric Holder. Obviously, these devices are an attempt to strike fear, hence terrorism. President Trump commented on the investigation this afternoon. That acts or threats of political violence of any kind have no place in the United States of America. One common thread among the recipients of the packages, all are frequent targets of the president. Fake news, CNN. Crooked Hillary came in second. We are in an era now where violence seems to have license by the president of the United States. The true motive still unknown as the investigation continues. No one was hurt by the packages. One subject of the investigation, whether all of the packages were sent by the same person or persons. In Washington, Susan McGinnis, NBC News.
And the latest on the story at a rally tonight in Wisconsin, Donald Trump once again condemned whoever sent the bombs, but also suggested the media is partly to blame. The media also has a responsibility to set a civil tone and to stop the endless hostility and constant negative and oftentimes false attacks and stories. Have to do it. Someone out there is almost a billionaire holding the only winning ticket in last night's $1.5 billion Mega Millions lottery. So he's just kind of very, very busy all day long. The ticket was purchased here at the KC Mart just outside Simpsonville, South Carolina. Population about 22,000. The winners usually take the lump sum payout, which in this case would be in the neighborhood of $500 million after taxes. But we might never know who won because South Carolina is one of eight U.S. states that allow lottery winners to remain anonymous. The owner of the store gets $50,000 for selling the ticket. He says he's going to share it with his employees. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations to whoever that person Ooh, was. A lot of money. Well, continuing our focus this week on the great work done by Variety, the children's charity, the story of a mother who received a diagnosis of muscular dystrophy and then found out her daughter has the same condition. And while there is no cure, Variety has stepped in to ensure that young Bailey has the tools she needs to stay strong. I'll be a shark. Okay, I'll be a shark. We're playing a game called Sharks, and if you get tagged two times, you become a shark. Because I'm not a very fast runner. Seven-year-old Bailey was recently diagnosed with Charcot-Marie Tooth disease, a form of muscular dystrophy. CMT is an inherited neurological disorder which causes muscle weakness and numbness. It's a disease that Bailey's mom, Dana, knows all too well. I got diagnosed with the same thing um, about a year ago, and so my doctor said that it's hereditary. And so I wanted to have my kids tested as well. And so Bailey was tested and, and it came out that she's definitely got it. In some ways I was relieved that we found it so early and in other ways I was really sad. There's no cure for CMT yet, but the best treatment is to make sure kids like Bailey stay as active as possible. To ensure that she can keep up with her friends, Variety, the children's charity, stepped in to cover the cost of Bailey's first pair of orthotics. It means everything. So she can still play and run with her friends and do things. It's important for her to just be able to be a kid. Ready for your appointment? Yes. Awesome, I'll let Anna know. Thank you. Bailey is getting orthotics for okay. her legs. Should we head to the room? Yeah. Those right, are going to help stretch out her ankle cords so that she doesn't walk on her tippy toes anymore and so her balance gets better. We'll teach you. You'll be able to put these on yourself. You'll be able to do the straps up yourself. They're going to help me walk good and I am I'm supposed to sleep with them every night. So I'm, I'm actually really excited. Bailey's orthotics will help her grow, but as her muscles develop, she'll outgrow this pair. By this time next year, she'll need another set of expensive orthotics. Your donations to Variety will help ensure Bailey's next set of braces will be just as awesome as her first pair. Give me a high five if they're awesome, give me a double high five if they're double awesome. Yes! Yay! Okay.
Well, if you want to donate to Variety Now and help kids like Bailey, you can call 310-KIDS or just text the word KIDS to 45678. That's an automatic $20 donation. You can also do it online, variety.bc.ca. Or via text, 45678, and text KIDS. want to thank Alice Balterson. I saw her name go by on the crawl there. $1,000 from her, thanks very much, because also tonight, Will Webster and the R. Howard Foundation are matching donations tonight. Mm -hmm. So get it in while you can. Police in the UK tweet a photo of a robbery suspect, and it sets Twitter on fire. The response from the thief's Hollywood lookalike right after the forecast. <laughs> Certainly not his day, his week, his month, or his year is what it looks like to me. That's a Friends so reference. I know. Friends I was trying to think of the song. Uh, yeah, the opening the song clap. from Friends. Okay, our friend Christy's here with a look at some beautiful fall colors. Christy? Thanks so much. Yes, starting off with a photo from Gordon Cook in Yale. Beautiful shot. Thanks so much to Gordon for that. Hey, full moon today. It was officially this morning at about 9.30 a.m., but the moonrise will happen uh, very close to right now, but you'll start to see it in the sky in a couple, I would say about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and it's um, a hunter's moon, and that just means that it's the full moon during the month of October. So nice to see that, but we have quite a bit of cloud out there. Time to rake the leaves, everyone. We have significant rain on the way. It hasn't quite yet pushed into the lower mainland, but for the next two days, it is going to be wet. So storm drains are going to be overflowing if you're not uh, helping to clear them in your neighborhood. So please try and do that. There's a lot of leaves out there. The rain is now just starting to push across Vancouver Island. You can see the bullseyes. It is going to be intense overnight, right through the early commuting hours tomorrow morning with the first wave that is going to push on. We'll see a little bit of an ease off through the afternoon and then yes this other wave pushes on shore and I think that'll happen during your commute home tomorrow and then Friday is also going to be wet but a little bit lighter. We'll also see strong winds especially through the morning hours along the Strait of Georgia there so gusts up to 60 70 kilometers an hour mainly near the water for lower mainland areas like Towasson, White Rock and if you're out towards UBC those are the areas that will see the windy conditions. Don't forget check out our global sky tracker app. It's a great resource for looking at the actual forecast for your location because I know that uh, everyone has, I mean, BC is so large with a lot of different areas seeing very um, micro scale climate. So check out your forecast on the SkyTracker app. Across the North Coast, we have a risk of thunderstorms tomorrow along with the rain in the morning. Rainfall across these areas, temperatures only warming up to 11 degrees. We'll see 12 degrees here in the lower mainland. Rain on and off throughout the day. Heavy through the day tomorrow. A little lighter on Friday, but staying wet. Nice bright spot, though, for you at the beginning of the weekend. And I'll leave you with a really cute shot of northern pygmy owl. Lee Shanks photographed him at uh, near Shawnigan Lake. He looks so cozy, all nestled in his right? own feathers yeah, there. he sure does. Beautiful shot. Thanks, Christy. Well, a tweet from police in Blackpool, England, had millions of people around the world doing a double take and lighting up Twitter in response. A still from security video shows a man who looks remarkably like Friends star David Schwimmer buying a beer. Police say he's also a suspect in a theft from another store. Twitter exploded with more comments and memes than you can shake a holiday armadillo at. But it was Schwimmer himself who had the last and the best laugh. Yes, the actor tweeting that video that recreates the original photo saying, 
Officers, I swear it wasn't me. As you can see, I was in New York. Good luck with the investigation. I was so confused by the whole story today because I saw that and I thought that was supposed to have been the criminal. Oh, I see. In fact, was that like, was his response was, was to but the photo the, of the criminal. The criminal looks so much like him. Mm. Crazy. Us. There is a doppelganger for us all. Have you no, found yours yet, Might be Elias. Yeah, I think Elias, Elias Pedersen is mine. Elias, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. But have you found yours? Yours, yours? I sometimes get Peter Schwartz from, uh, what's the show on 911 now or something, whatever. He used to be on Sports Night, Six oh. Feet Under. Yeah. All right, uh, Squires here with sports. The Vegas Golden Knights made it almost all the way. Well, they did make it all the way. They well, just they made it to the final, yeah. just didn't win last I year. I actually think that most of the NHL secretly didn't want them to win last year because then they would have had a lot of questions to answer their own fans. Like, hey, how does a first-year team win and we've been waiting forever? Right. Uh, the Canucks didn't get uh, to stay home for very long after that six-game road trip. They're back on the road tonight, and they're on the road tomorrow. Tomorrow, Arizona. Tonight, Las Vegas. The Knights, not quite the powerhouse they were last year, but they have won their last three games in a row after a rough start, so beware of them. Elias Pettersson skated this morning, won't play tonight. Brock Besser also skated this morning, game-time decision, might play. Jacob Markstrom will start in goal. What do you think of these Jets' third units? I don't mind the color, but put a jet on it, not just the word jet. Leafs and Jets, Nazem Kadri scores. Leafs up 3-0 at one point. Third period, a little bit of a rally here for the Jets. Starts with uh, Nick Ehlers. Just stay where you are. He missed the first time. Don't move. Puck will come back to you. 3-1 at that point. Then it was 3-2, but watch this move by Mitch Marner. This is the thing about the Leafs. Like the Jets, so many offensive weapons. Great pass back after the move, and John Tavares puts it in. 4-2 the final. Leafs beat the Jets. I had to show you this from last night. Watch this goal by Sidney Crosby in overtime against the Oilers. Look at the move. And another one. And a goal. Yes, Connor McGregor. Connor McGregor. Connor McDavid is great. So is Austin Matthews. But this guy, to me, still the greatest in the league right now, Sidney Crosby. A lot of hardware in that man's trophy case. Uh, offensive line coach Dan Durazio is one of the most beloved coaches the BC Lions have probably ever had. And now there's another reason for his offensive linemen to love him. It's because if he loves what you've done during a game, you're going to get some sugar. When you've won six of your last seven and have clinched a playoff spot, this is how the BC Lions offensive line is keeping things loose. A Halloween-themed film room. Yes, complete with treats, mostly of the chocolate variety. And as you're about to learn, the O-line is big on chocolate. And we just wanted to get, uh, you know, in the in the festivities of things. And, uh, you know, uh, we play football and once you get in there and uh, you see some of the stuff, put some smiles on some of the guys' faces. So, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. The real Willy Wonka of the Lions Chocolate Factory is longtime offensive line coach Dan DeRazio. DeRazio's all about positive reinforcement for a group of guys who don't get much love for the job they do down in the trenches. Although Dan's reward system might not be the most popular in the dental community. You reward them with treats for good plays. Can you tell me about that? Well, it's, uh, it's a little system we have where um, if, if, if we play well enough individually in a game, we, we, we reward them with a payday bar because you get paid to win. And uh, then we have two other uh, crunch bars for big hits, crunch bars for getting downfield and making uh, plenty of uh, hits downfield. And then finally, we have a Butterfingers bar, and that's uh, 
That's if it, the guy who plays with the best hands, tight hands, uh, hands where they belong. And Dan's guys love getting their hands on their 250 calorie performance bonus. There's, there's not just the candy when uh, when uh, Dan brings it. It's, 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 it's meaning behind every candy bar he gives out. Certain things they, they come with it, so you know, there's meaning to it. It's not just feeding big guys. Okay, what candy bars have you earned? Uh, Crunch Bar and Paydays is what he gives us. No Butterfinger for you? Oh, Butterfingers, yeah, for best hands. Yeah, we, we, we have those two. <laughs> it's amazing. It's something to look forward to every week. Uh, you know, every, everybody get a laugh and giggles out of it um, every week and stuff. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge achievement for the offensive line because we don't really get no recognition like that. So, you know, that's something, you know, a little something for us to look forward to at the end of the week. Jay Janower, Global Sports. Now, if they're handing out awards like that for wide receivers, Butterfinger would be right out because nobody would want that. Uh, Champions League action, that's Harry Kane. This is Harry Kane again. It's PSV Eindhoven against Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham up 2-1 at that point. But then their goaltender, Hugo Lloris, does this. No, 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 no! Oh. Outside the box, and you get to see red. Out of the game. So, backup goalie goes in, and he lets a goal in. And this is a tying goal. Luke de Jong, 2-2 the final. Both of these teams struggling in their group right now in Champions League. Okay. Red Sox won game one last night. This is game two at Fenway. It's 1-1. We're in the fourth. Yaswell Puig that just gets over the second baseman's head, drives in a run. 2-1 Dodgers in the fifth inning. And after tonight's game, it goes back to, well, it doesn't go back. It goes to L.A. The series does. In our time zone. There you go. Well, a Vancouver Island man has taken his passion for the environment to the extreme to prove a point about climate change. He sealed himself inside a homemade greenhouse with nothing but plants to supply oxygen. Kylie Stanton shows us what happened. I built this thing. Just 10 feet square encased in plastic, 200 plants and a hammock. It's taken a lot of research to get to this point. This airtight cube is where Curtis Boaty is hoping to spend a total of three days, surviving only on the oxygen generated inside. I'm ready to leave. The inspiration for the project came to Boaty as he was studying plants growing inside jars, thinking he could do the same. If all goes well, the plants are going to produce oxygen that I can breathe, and I'm going to breathe out carbon dioxide that they're going to take in and use to grow, and hopefully we both survive. He built the structure. It's so small. Grew the plants. I'm just getting them ready to go in the box. And about a year later, armed with food and water and air monitoring systems, he was ready to share his experience with the rest of the world, all in the name of climate change, raising awareness about the impact of increasing levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. You can follow this on Twitter and all the places on the internet using the hashtag Curtis in a jar. And they did. Every post gaining more momentum and followers. But as his popularity quickly grew, so did the levels inside. This is at parts per million, so it's a really, really fine number to read. As it turned out, it was the carbon dioxide that was the big problem for him and getting too high. It was that gas that was ultimately his undoing, forcing Boti to leave the enclosure 14 hours after going in. <sighs> But he did achieve his ultimate goal of bringing attention to climate change. It's been moving, actually, people saying, this is, this is great, I appreciate what you're doing, I'm going to do something as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is a success for me. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Comox. That first gulp of fresh air must have been oh, so been nice. nice. Mm-hmm. It's got like a sauna in would there. Be, would, I wonder what that would feel like. Yeah. He said he felt a little... 
Ill. Woozy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, remember that scene in Apollo 13 when they had to change the scrubbers? Because right, put a round, round peg into a square hole? Something like that, Nick, yeah. because the carbon dioxide was... Uh, if only they'd stirred it's the tanks. Going high. I, hey, we, never stir the tanks. Real quick, oh. we have to see how many kids Variety will be able to help thanks to your generous donations today. So far, because wow. of you, Variety will be able to provide grants to 140 children across the province. And we thank you so much. We want to get that number to 150 tonight. Just 10 more, so please donate now. 310kids is the number to call or donate online, variety.bc.ca. And Good. how much is it for one child? 2500 2500 oh, right okay. in there, yeah. We want to invite you. we got another day tomorrow, and then we want you to come down to the wrap party, the Variety Week wrap party, this Friday from noon to 7 at Robson Square. We'll have activities, mini donuts, a 60-foot-tall Ferris wheel, plus we'll be there live for the news hour, so come support Variety Ends. Say hi to us. I heard there might be whack-a-mole. <laughs> whack-a-mole. I'm good at whack-a-mole. Oh, yeah? I'm excellent, yes. Well? I see a challenge. Have a good night. No mole is safe from my team.